Hey everyone, how you doing? It's Peter here and it's time for episode 25 of the PDG Advertising Podcast. Welcome. So it's been two days since we spoke. No podcast yesterday. Yesterday was, you know, it's been a really big couple of days for PDG Advertising. A couple of very enjoyable days and you might hear my sheets ruffling in the background that is because I've taken down a whole bunch of stuff to go through with you on the podcast. And it starts off with a morning event on Thursday. So Thursday was a packed out day. I knew it was going to be packed out from the start. I'm also, I've kicked it now, but for the past seven days, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but I've been doing a intermittent fasting thing where you eat for eight hours in a day consecutively you don't eat consecutively for eight, eight hours but you you're allowed to eat that's your window for eating um so mine is from 12 o'clock noon until 8 p.m and then you fast right up again until the next noon time so basically it's like 16 hours fasting per day and eight hours eating and I don't know, it seemed kind of difficult, but whenever you're in it for the first couple of days, you're like, oh, this is kind of easy. They say you can eat anything, but you can't really, if your goal is like mine to lose some weight, then you can eat, um, you can eat your calorie amount, you know, your daily um, advised calorie, calorie amount within that eight hours. And you can then... Um, they, they do say you can eat more fats and more proteins, but try to lay off the carbs. Um, but they, they say it's still okay if you're balanced and you have like 30% carbs, 30% fats and 30% proteins. So that that's something I had been doing right up to the start of this Thursday and was continued into Thursday. But on Wednesday, I um, <laughs> I started my fast early at about 6 p.m. And I uh, had probably said it on the day before on this podcast, but I had um, agreed to go to an event uh, with View Digital, um, Una Murphy and Brian, who uh, put on this wonderful event. And I'd said I would go to it. So it was at half nine. So wake up as always quite early, get ready to go to get ready to um, prep up some stuff for the day and then get ready to head over to the University of Ulster in York Street in Belfast. And I tell you what, that place is awesome. So um, I got over there for half nine and I um, went into the room and this was a bit different. This day was a bit different because this was coming up on 16 hours fasting whenever I walked into the room at about half nine, quarter past half past nine. And then I... Um, it was really intense because I knew that I would have about three hours before I could have had a thing to, to eat. And halfway through, just before my fast finished, I had, um, I had uh, there was they served like tea and coffee, and some beautiful tray bakes, and goodness, I just wanted to eat the whole lot of them, but uh, I didn't, and I stuck with it. But but I tell you what. Whenever I finished, I'll go into what the event was about, but whenever I finished that fast at noon and then the event went on to one, that was about 20 hours of of um, of not eating anything 
Um, and it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. And I had a blinding headache. And I've been drinking lots of water and everything, but I knew it was pure food. It was pure food um, that was missing from my, my world. And I love eating, so that was bad. But just a, just another side note on this. The 24-hour fasting is pretty awesome. Um, it's, a, it's a hard one to get your head around. Um, but within two days, I could feel a lot different. I, I could feel, you know, less sluggish way more energy i don't know if listening to your body is a thing and i've never really understood that term but my body was telling me that this is good and it's still telling me that after doing it for a week um there's been a couple of rough points mostly in the morning just before the fast is about to end i guess that's when it would that's when it would happen i'm kind of skeptical about it because i've heard about these crash diets but i tell you what this seems to be a reasonably good thing and maybe who knows if it goes really well i'll uh I'll let you guys know about it again. But anyway, that was the start to my Thursday. And the reason why I was going into York Street was to go to this wonderful event on participatory journalism by View Digital. For for those of you who don't know, um, View Digital is an online magazine which also has a print version of its magazine. And it's all about social issues and things that are um, affecting our society. Today it could be homelessness, it could be drug use, it could be equality issues, could be any of that stuff. And if you know me, you know that you probably know that I'm quite I can get quite passionate and quite annoyed about things when it comes to um injustice and, and stuff like that. So this really strikes a chord with me and I've always enjoyed interacting with uh Una, the um one of the co runners of this this magazine. So um, I was invited to go along to it and I, I don't know, I just wanted to get myself about there a little bit more and this was the event for me for sure. It was really nice to go to it, it was very welcoming <laughs> and it was really cool. Um, when, it, when it started off there was about 15-20 people there, it's quite intimate but it was packed for the size of the room it was which was good and the first speaker started speaking and Brian he introduced the paper and everything and knew a little bit about it but I didn't know the whole story and it was a really nice story to hear how the how the how the paper uh came about and then <laughs> the first speaker got up this guy called Barry um guy here from Northern Ireland um or Ireland whatever your persuasion is um to me it doesn't matter well I don't think to most people um it matters uh so much but uh, to be respectful here in Belfast for our international listeners, as we know that there are quite a few now. Um, the peop, Some people in Ireland, in Northern Ireland, are would class themselves as Irish. Um, some people class themselves as Northern Irish, and some people class themselves as British. And then some people like me, <laughs> I have a British passport. I would consider myself both Irish and Northern Irish. Um and I guess I would consider myself British as well, or I wouldn't have a British passport. So uh, I'm kind of across that whole spectrum and, and don't don't feel that it's so so important. But anyway, um, this guy Barry got up to speak. He was talking about this, this stuff, and I didn't really grasp the idea of the event before I went to it. But it was all about, it seemed, seemed to be about journalism and journalists' rights. And I didn't know anything about this. And the atmosphere was kind of electric. And it was kind of tense and anxious and, and welcoming at the same time, which was interesting. And it was really nice to sort of sit back and absorb that. So that was really cool. It's also nice to interact with the people around me as well. Whenever you sit in the office and 
um, you know, we don't interact with new people. I think that's a shame, and I think more things like that uh, would be very healthy for PDG advertising. But this guy, Barry, talked about, goodness me, we were talking about a court case that he's involved in, in and police raiding his house and all sorts. And I think the general story goes that he's a journalist and he um, has been accused of some sort of theft or been involved or, or been accused of being involved in some sort of theft of documents from somewhere, I don't know where, police or something like that. And it's not the case. Um, and the police were very heavy handed um, with him and with his people and, and stuff. And he was saying that this is a thing that is happening now in journalism where, you know, there's a freedom of speech thing where journalists abide by codes of conduct, but it's it's not um, taken into account by the police. And and that seemed to be the general gist. But it was fascinating, absolutely fascinating. And and that was that was really, really interesting. Um, <laughs> I met a friend there, uh, Kerry, um, and she... <laughs> She is really uh, nice. We talked, but I told her this is really exciting because I don't know if you've seen it, but I've seen all these um, press conferences of Trump and of uh, Theresa May and of our politicians here. And you see a press room. We've got all these press people. And they're all leaned in and they're all interested and they've got their pens in, in their mouths and they're they're trying to get a, a point across. And whenever they're selected to speak, they introduce themselves as. Jim Johnson from the Daily Herald or something like that. And this happened whenever they were asking questions at the end of this guy. And I just thought, goodness me, I'm in a room full of journalists. Fair enough, this isn't a press conference. But this is this must be sort of a taste, just a tiny taste of what it might feel like to be in one. And wow, was that cool. That just felt electric for me. And then Carrie laughed and she said that was... Uh, that was she laughed at me because... I guess it was. I think the expression is wet behind the ears of these things. Maybe these guys have all been in millions of these, and it's it's just their day to day. But it was so nice to put a, a foot, a toe into that, um, into that, uh, into that arena. I um, I went. I then went. You know, for, again, just I think thank you to Una and to Brian for putting on that event. It was very nice, a uh, very good event, a very strong event. And the the next speaker, um, Jennifer. Jenny um, connected with her on Twitter. I spoke excellently and really amazing content. I, I enjoyed what she spoke about and I enjoyed um, Barry's talk. I probably had have a little bit of a. I, I came away with a little bit of a insight, I think, into old school journalism, and maybe a little bit of prejudiceness against new age how communication works. That was really fascinating to me. The whole point of PDG advertising is to increase communication and increase levels of communication between people. And I was faced with a, a kind of a um, elitism among journalism and journalists, among the among the crowd, and among the um, and among the speakers were. There's this kind of shock that social media exists, and I got the feeling that it's it, it was a bit surprising to me that journalists are were kind of complaining about how people are putting across information on the internet without it being verified and you know fact checked and everything, um, and 
and kind of uh, putting like a um, equivalence of what they do and what other people do and complaining about it getting traction whenever you know stuff that they do that is well researched and under the fundamentals of journalism you know is is really um you know legitimate whereas other sources like some guy tweeting on his phone who doesn't really know anything or trolls and things like that but i got a sense of maybe a lack of being able to navigate that i got a sense of you know a, a lack of um ability to navigate that a lack of knowing how to navigate that and a little bit of confusion as to how to navigate that and i wonder if that's the same everywhere i wasn't expecting the it to even be mentioned that social media is disrupting this or social media is disrupting this industry or this exists now this is how people talk now i i wasn't expecting that i was expecting journalists to be on the leading edge of this is what's happening now this is how we manage it and this is how we are managing it but i i felt that the the general feeling in the room was kind of like where a big like a huge big um a meteor had just hit this industry and everybody was scrambling around trying to figure out how to how to deal with it and how to you know, not even how to use it, just in shock about what what it was and and where it was was coming from. So, I wonder if that's true. I wonder if my perception of that is correct, or whether um, it's it's wrong. And it could it could well be well be wrong. Um, and and that's that's something that I'd love to explore a little bit more in journalism. Has social media been a force for good? Or has it been a force for for bad? And I get the feeling that because I'm just getting a taste of what um, is going on in that industry by going to that event, that probably I'm not getting the full picture. But that's the kind of sense that I got. And I learned a while ago that whenever I get a sense of something, that it's usually not a million miles away from the from the truth. I can trust myself on on things like that. So so that was really really interesting. And there were um, anybody that spoke in the event was, you know, just um, switched on is not even the word. Um, sharp and quick and um, articulate and passionate and um, fundamentally interested in social issues, I think, as well. I think that's something that was very important to uh, to the uh to the audience so a wonderful event by Nula and Una sorry and Brian and I really appreciate it being um being being a part of it um I uh, had a conversation with Kerry as well she said about having um we were talking about email marketing and email marketing as you know from listening to the podcast is a really big part of what we do um and I think and she suggested that I create a seminar on it or workshop or something to that effect. I think we definitely will. Um, I think that that's something that's in our future. Um, Kerry was asking, you know, how did how did you even start working with these customers? And I said, well, we're good at cutting through the noise of other people who were vying for that business with those customers. So sending a well-placed email or a well-placed proposal um, or a well-placed piece of communication got us in front of those customers. And we're very straight, honest, no nonsense. This is what we'd like to do for you. Um, is this something you're interested in? 
and what was really interesting was that <laughs> I, I said to Carrie that we we did that, and then she said, "Well, I get lots of people saying that about email marketing and SEO for me, but I just delete them." I said, "Well, yeah, I mean, nine out of ten people will delete it, but that's where the numbers game game comes in. If you get a hundred people that are likely that are potentially interested, you might only get one or two that are, and if you stop after ten, you might get ten that just aren't interested in what you what you have." So, um. I, th- I think that's an interesting point of view. Um, Carrie found it interesting and Una found it interesting as well. So there's possibly a link up there to how we bring our message of the user journey to new audiences through little events and workshops. I don't know when that is. I think that's like six months away. Um, it could be a year away. Who knows? We've got so, so, so much to do at PDG Advertising that things like that just don't, I can't see them in the horizon right now, but I think they're looming up um, over it. So uh, that's a, that's an interesting um, way to go and a good a good takeaway from from that event. I suppose to backtrack a little bit of the um, suppose a, suppose to backtrack a little bit on the you know the our journalists on top of social media. Um, I don't know if they are or not, but what I do know that they're on the top on top of, they're so on the pulse of what's going on now. I got the sense that everybody in that room was like six steps ahead of me in terms of um, what was going on behind the scenes in Northern Ireland here, in the politics of this place, in the politics of the overall island of Ireland and in the UK. Um, I got the feeling that they were able to flow with information very quickly. Maybe that's why it surprised me so much about the technology side. Were, were they on top of the technology side? I don't know. Um, I got the sense that they weren't, but I got the sense that in terms of real things and real issues, that they were way ahead of you know anybody that I know, or anybody that um, anybody that I I have ever talked to about. Um, so that was interesting. Is there is there a, a matchup between? the advancedness of their knowledge of local areas and even national areas and real events that are happening in real time. Whereas maybe background events like the advent of technology basically taking over a lot of our lives, is that is that something they're just not interested in until the point where it starts to affect them by, you know, outside influences taking on? Maybe that, that technology thing is just a... Uh, time thing maybe it's a thing that needs more time to get through um, and that's that's uh, that's something that to me I found very very interesting so when I uh, finished off in the event in the Ulster University um, technically I know I can't call myself an alumni or alumnus of that university I did go to the Ulster University of Ulster but um, here's a little bit of the PDG Peter Doak advertising backstory where I went to university, but I screwed it up. I wasn't in any way mature enough to um, stick with that. I did psychology, um, but I didn't really go to any classes. <laughs> it was in a place called uh, Port Stewart or Port Rush up in the north coast of Northern Ireland. It's a beautiful place, and whenever you're 18 and you're thrust up there and you're, you're not mature enough to, to knuckle down, and um, you really probably should have went out and worked for a couple of years first before you, before you did that. Um, it uh, it means that you don't, you know, you haven't, you definitely didn't make the most of, of university. And um, I guess you don't have to go to university, you don't have to complete it, you don't even have to 
finish school, I suppose, to be successful in business. But I bet it helps. I bet if you're, I bet if you knuckle down and I bet if you do the best that you possibly can do, unlike me who wasted it, um, you're bound to be in a better position whenever you end up, you know, than uh, someone like me who has literally had to start from scratch at the age of about 25 or so um, to, to start to relearn, I guess, a trade, if that's what you would call this. But um, I don't regret that part, but I think it could have started a lot earlier um, and could have been a, a lot less friction. Um, there could have been a lot less friction. In it. I think there's something in me that goes back to not being able to... <laughs> I can't be told anything. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to... I always want to do things for myself. I have to make my own mistakes and I have to make mistakes to um to learn. So uh yeah, that 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 was a great time in my life, but in university, but I you know, it was it was it as valuable as um the time in my life when I've started to build a business. I, I don't know. Um so leaving the Ulster University, took a beautiful walk through Belfast, got to the car, um, hot footed down the road to Lurgan to go and vote. Um, Lurgan's my hometown and I was just pulling in the driveway when my mum and dad went to my mum and dad's house we all go vote together sometimes when we can and they were just getting ready to go went over, voted, got back in the car head was thumping from this intermittent fasting and got right back up the road to get back to the uh, back to the office for a very important client meeting um, we had a wonderful meeting with this client um, we took down, um, what we did was we have a process for um, what we do for this customer and it's quite complex. So we took a step back and we worked it out together on Tuesday or so. Um, did some good prep for this meeting where we put down all the processes and mapped out everything that was supposed to, that was supposed to happen. And it did. And we went through everything. We were able to spot and we used uh, a technology called draw.io. And it was um, able to allow us to plot out a flowchart of everything that happens for this customer so that we could suggest changes to the process and that the customer could see that we were serious about it and we were taking care of everything and that it would um, benefit the customer to uh, make some of these changes. And the customer um, was able to suggest changes that we were able to make. In that meeting, I think we secured um, more business with the customer because we gained some trust. And I think we um, cemented some of our partnership with that, with that customer, and we were really happy um, that we that we did that. I think that face to face time is really crucial. I've said it a few times in this podcast. I'm going to be going to different places to see customers from now on because um, that is very very important. Skype does not do it. Phone calls doesn't do it. I think face to face is something that is important. It doesn't. I mean, 99% of our meetings will be done on phone calls and Skype, so it's it's crucial. But you don't get the same level of interaction that you do um, that you do face to face, and I, I don't think we ever want to want to um, to lose that. So that was a really cool day. Now, what happened was though, it meant that the whole day was jam packed full of stuff. The event in the morning, voting in the middle of the day in a in a different county, and then back up for a big meeting towards the end of the. Uh, end of the day um we'd planned to go out for um drinks but we could circumstances meant we couldn't afterwards we'll do it again hopefully um next next week but what it did mean was that i ended up working on very very late to get stuff done that hadn't been done during the day by me and um that was okay because it meant that today was a little bit 
a little bit uh, easier. And you might hear my pages roughing because I'm looking on today and seeing what we, uh, what we, what we did. So today we um, we finished off. Um, Anthony did a wonderful job in finishing off a website design for us, and um, we talked a lot about um, viewing it over different um, medium. And the website has been designed for desktop and for mobile, but eventually this website will be viewable across all platforms. So from like the biggest imagine even bigger than than a tv like a cinema screen or a big projector it would be responsive enough to fit that it would then be responsive enough to come down to tv and then down to laptop and then down to tablet and then down to phone and then down to watch <laughs> i don't <laughs> responsive design used to mean desktop laptop phone then they added in tablet. Now they're adding in watch. So there's a whole spectrum of that. And why would you have your design right for all of those? It's because people use the internet on those different mediums. Now let's be let's be straight here. Most people, 95% of people, will be viewing what you're doing on um, a phone. So it's nearly the most important. But what do you start off with? Do you start off designing on a mobile? I don't think you do. I think it's more difficult to design on a desktop and I think it puts all the elements that you need together so that it can be your base camp for stuff that you're doing. So on a desktop, like a laptop screen or on a TV screen, is probably the first place to do it. But you can't just then let that flow over into mobile. You've got to change it and make things smaller and stack things on top of each other so that it looks really well. And we take our inspiration from things like Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, those mobile first, mobile only um, platforms that exist and look really nice and look really strong. That's where we take our inspiration from whenever we're creating on on um, on mobile. And this website, I have to say, it looks beautiful. It was created by us in a little office in Belfast, and it is a world beater. We sent it through to the customer um, earlier today, and they were delighted with it. And we cannot wait to get it out there to the world and make it part of our um, part of our portfolio. But that's the kind of discussion that we have you know we have discussions around the user journey we have discussions around whenever person's using this what are where are they using it and how are they using it we make smart intelligent decisions and we're not just throwing out stuff um in the hope that it works we're thinking deeply about how people use what we um create and why they use it and how we can make it make it better because that makes us a better more responsible <laughs> responsive company adaptable to the changes that are happening in the world and I'm not saying that we're great I'm not saying that we're the best at it yet but I am saying that we take our time over it and that um that we're considering the user journey in all ways that we can so that's very important we had a great another meeting today with uh, one of our South African customers again I've said one of our, our only South African customer this is a very large uh, customer in in South Africa and I've always enjoyed working with him, but um, we sometimes have the opportunity in PDG advertising when we don't know how to do something well, that we then tell the customer that, look, we aren't um, expert in this yet, but we want to build that knowledge in and we know basically how it's supposed to work and how it's supposed to happen. And in this case, it was SEO. So while we're not you know, focused and dedicated on it, I think it's because it takes so long 
and we want to get impact quickly. Um, but for this customer, we're getting impact really quickly. But what happened was um, they looked up online and this the um, business that they have wasn't coming up first on Google. And while that's not part of our remit, we feel a responsibility and a want for this customer to succeed in everything that they do. So um, we've enlisted the help of um, a partner company to do it. So today we had that meeting between, we've, we facilitated that meeting between the customer and the partner company, kept the conversation flowing, focused on the results and um, put down everything that needs to, needs to happen. The customer uh, has now got a proposal from this um, supplier and we will work it out and, and make it happen in the future. But it was a brilliant moment because, you know, the, the customer was able to articulate stuff that we don't normally articulate. And it was really interesting seeing him articulate stuff to another supplier um, because it really made it clear what my place and our role is in it. And it's as a trusted advisor and it's as a support that they need, that they really, really need in order to to make happen what they want to make make happen. So so that was kind of cool. <laughs> and then the customer said something that was awesome. He said, look, what we want to do is we want to dominate that space on Google. We want to dominate not just the search areas. We want to dominate my business. We want to dominate all of that area to make sure that we are clear and present. We are the leader in these areas in terms of the business that we do. And, and we want to dominate the online space for it as well. So expect there to be an Instagram post soon called Dominate the Space. And I look forward to, to that. So content ideas don't just have to come from the podcast when we're going on about things. Content ideas happen whenever you're doing what you're doing with your customers. Content ideas are the things that are happening in your, in your, uh, in your business. Um, and I, I think that's quite cool. And I think that was quite important to... Just to, to say it, it was really interesting too I, I just got just another sense of how lucky we are with the customers that we have they're just so good um, they're focused they're determined they're they're on our wavelength um, there have been customers that have come and gone that just haven't been um, and, th and that's okay we maybe kept a hold on to them for longer than we should have um, but eventually I think you end up understanding who your customers really are and you know who what ones you want to go for and what ones you should be going for and, and if we could replicate this mix of customers over a few times, then I would be very, very happy um, in, in the future to work with all of these people. And I think it's one thing liking what you do. It's another thing liking who you work with. And we definitely do. So so that's excellent. I mean, it's just been a very um, eventful uh, couple of, of days. Remember all the while we're, while we're going through everything with our customers, you know, in terms of bigger meetings, there's you know, 10 other side conversations going on outside and all focused in on results um, for the customer and bringing them closer to their to their goals. Um, so I hope that it's fun for you listening because I know you guys are uh, listening now. I hope that it's fun for you hearing about the journey. Um, if there's anything more you'd like to hear about on the journey, um, do let me know because I'd be very happy to to go through it on this. We're not sharing everything. We're only sharing little bits of what's going on. We can only share little bits of what's going on through, you know, um, confidentiality and, and things like that. Um, so you're only getting to see a little bit of what's what's going on. But I hope that it's enough to help you understand and share in the journey of what is something that is 
to me, very special. And it's something that has started from nothing, literally nothing. And it started here in Belfast in Northern Ireland. And it has the potential to grow and grow and grow. Um, so with that, I will end the 25th episode of the PDG Advertising podcast on friday night nearly coming into nearly coming into saturday morning now and and over this weekend i will be heading up there to that uh, mountain called binion in the um down in county down in the morn mountains um we're gonna go up there and and take on that mountain uh, it's a bit risky because i was watching a, a show about everest and how people don't come back from that. I don't think this is on the same scale whatsoever, but uh, it's a little bit foreboding with that. Um, so I um, will uh, will be back on probably Tuesday, Monday being a bank holiday, but I'm really looking forward to it already. And um, again, thank you, thank you for listening. Um, any feedback that you have, I'd love to hear it. Um, and I'd love to um, hear what, what you wanted to hear about on from our, our journey and we'd be very happy to to uh, share that so have a great weekend and i'll um, talk to you again next week thanks